Good morning, Father Stephen Tully. Yes, hi Francis. Sorry I'm late. No, not a problem. You're not late. It's oh, perfectly okay. on time. Perfect so welcome time. to Radio Veritas. So Thank we're you. going to just be chatting to you a little bit about, um, well, two things really. The first is is the new work that I know that you're going to be doing around addiction down in Durban. And if you just want to tell us a little bit about what that initiative is and how it comes to be. Yes. Um, well, you know, Pope Francis has, has asked all the bishops in the world to have a product of mercy um, mm-hmm. flowing from the year of mercy. Yes. So his eminence has been very involved in the um, Dennis Hurdy Center. Yes. And we've noticed <clears throat> that the one, one of the gaps at the moment is that uh, in our work with um, um, street um, uh, dwellers, that when they get addicted to drugs and they go into a clinic, there's only one um, uh, government clinic when they come out, they have a great problem in being uh, rehabilitated and reintegrated into their families and getting employment. They land back on the streets quite soon after they've been through detox. So, an APS Centre for Healing, which will be in Ehokanyeni, um, will be um, addressing that particular problem. Um, and a number of us have, over the years, um, visited various rehabs and we've taken the best of all of them and bringing them into a very holistic kind of environment. It'll be for about you know, anything up to a year, and okay. helping them to, once again, continue with their rehabilitation, that reintegration to society and to become a whole person and then to leave into a, um, some kind of employment and guided into some kind of um, life skills program. Yeah. So that sounds like, like really stepping into a gap in, in what the country needs and what what certainly your, the, the, the city needs, but the country needs, which is, is really taking seriously the process of rehabilitation, uh, the process of, of stepping uh, out of the, the claws of a, an addiction and into restructuring one's life in a way that one doesn't just succumb back into Absolutely, being an addict. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a level where, you know, you know for the, there are lots of rehab clinics but it's only for those who can afford them. Uh-huh. And this is for those who have absolutely no means. Right. And, of course, people who are living on the, st- on the streets are in some ways the most vulnerable because the most desperate to addiction. Yeah. You know, when you, when you um, speak, um, in my experience with, uh, and my experience is only in Durban, but when we've had our dealings with um, those who are living on the streets, Two things that they ask for, certainly if they're addicted, is to have rehab, to be to go into rehab, and to have employment. So those are the two very important things that they are asking for. It's not what we want for them, but what they are asking for themselves. Right. So that they actually we start there, and we bring in all our various expertise and, and lots of prayer, lots of prayer. Without the prayer, it's not going to work. So I'm kind of struck by, I just wanted to think a little bit more broadly, Father Stephen, and, and, and this isn't an, a particular area of direct interest for me, so I'm, I'm not very up to date on all of it, but I, I have been struck recently, I've, I, so my other hat that I wear is I run retreats, and I've done a couple of retreats in, in some parishes in, in the uh, Joburg area, 
um, and I won't say where they were, but one in particular, I was really struck that we were in a parish and almost every retreatant who came on the retreat was living with someone who was an addict, uh, either an alcoholic or a drug addict, and and just the... Um, the the hugely negative impact that was having on people's on other people's lives. So it was mm. obviously having a huge impact on the addict's life, but it was really having a, a very profound impact in terms of violence, in terms of verbal and physical abuse, in terms yeah. of destructive behaviour. Um, it was having a very profound impact on 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 the on the family and the extended family, and just. Yeah, just some thoughts about you know how prevalent is abuse in the country, and and, and when we think about abuse, what what are we thinking about? Uh, what abuse are you are you referring to? So, so abuse so or here, abuse here, of alcohol? This was abuse. Drugs. So here here this was abuse of alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's um, the recent stats that I've seen is that it's starting from children as low as twelve years of age, and it's wow. decreasing year by year. It seems to be that the uh, the peer pressure amongst uh, children is growing. Um, I think our fa- our family lives are becoming more and more dysfunctional because of you know all the various things that Pope Francis is talking about, the materialism and and um, you know wanting to promote oneself and the selfishness. So no, that's all increasing. The economy is going down, um, and so all these things feed into a sense of a child feeling alone and and not wanted and and the parents are struggling, you know, to try and, and fulfill all their needs. Right. And so the peer pressure, they're with people who are also dysfunctional. And so when Sorry, they so go just... to their schools and things, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. Yeah. They get exposed to a lot of this and... Um, there are a lot of opportunists, so drugs are very, very easily available at the moment. Um, and so they they are looking, and what it says is that the child is actually seeking for solace and acceptance, and they're finding it in the wrong places. Mm. And then they get addicted, certainly when it comes to Wonga and, and all these cheaper uh, drugs that have got heroin derivatives and things like that. So they have their quick fix, and then they get addicted. And to get them out of that is really difficult. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, we have a lot of men, uh, with our unemployment rate being 27.7% in this country now, and that relates to almost 9 point something, 10 million people. Mm-hmm. These are young men, mainly, um, who are, you know, when a man gets depressed, he becomes very toxic towards himself and others. If a man is not occupied, even with a menial kind of occupation, he becomes very toxic. And so, therefore, the crime will increase and the abuse will increase. This is my unprofessional opinion. <laughs> opinion. But, but your observed opinion as, a, as, as someone who's been a parish priest in a, in a central parish for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, certainly um, many of the families, the, 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 the parents, don't know how to handle it, and they become absolutely desperate because... They feel the shame. The, the child has been stealing from them. They have the resources to try and get them into rehab, and and and, and that is oh, they're so scarce, especially if you have no medical aid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's 
it's really, and it's a growing problem. If we don't do something about this, it, it will overtake us in incredible ways. The crime will increase. The abuse will increase. Um, yeah. We have got to do that. So we've got to, we've, I, I hear that. There's a real sense of we, we have to respond yep. to this. I, I'm very struck that you link it to Pope Francis's critique of family life. Um, yep. And, I mean, I'm, I'm conscious in my own family of the allure of laptops and uh, iPads and cell phones and smartphones and TV. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm conscious as an adult that there is a strong allure in those things for me as, mm. as a way of, of unwinding. And I have three small children and I'm str- conscious of, of their allure for children. And just I've been very struck by his, his consistent call for things like sit down suppers uh, where you talk to each other. And that that actually being a moral good um, and a way of, of hearing what's going on with one's family, of engaging with children, uh, of really, if I'm hearing you correctly, of really preemptively having in place sufficiently strong social family structures, the children are less vulnerable at like 12, 13 to the kinds of um, addictions that you're warning against. Yeah, there's nothing that can replace a mother's, father's attention and love and care on a, on a daily basis doing the menial things. And even in the Napier Center for Healing, we, we, uh, one of the models that we've seen is that we must have a house parent, a mother, father figure there 24-7 on property, and their main role is to be the mother-father to those people, to, wow. our, to our clients. Wow. So, so rather, you know, obviously there'll be social workers and psychologists and people bringing in skills, et cetera, et cetera, and have a comprehensive program of so they are occupied. But uh, um, two of the main pillars, there'll be at least, you know, will be many pillars actually, but one of them will be to, one of the vital staff members will be um, the house parents. And this a person can go and speak to a mother figure or a father figure. And, and this is even for adults who are recovering? Oh, absolutely, because they haven't had that experience. We want to somehow give them that experience. So you're really seeing the role of parenting, which is, is in a way it's an innate human it's a it's a, a charism, I presume. It's a it's a gift of the spirit to be mm. able to parent well, rather than a learned skill. Yep. You're really seeing that as being a core part of the recovery process. Yeah. It, well, you know, we've learned this from a, a retreat, um, a harmony retreat center, which is a rehab just outside Great Town. Mm-hmm. Their results are far above any other institute. And okay. They they focus on because it's a, a husband and wife who started it. Mm-hmm. And they, they have an open door policy, and their home is the home for all the clients. Um, they can come at any time. And the other leg is um, the, the emphasis on developing their own spirituality, right. whether it's Christian or Muslim or Hindu or it's alternative or whatever it is, but it, to, to try and encourage um, our clients to connect with God, God of their understanding. Mm. And not to force down a religion because that has its own complications, but to allow the people to grow and develop in their own spirituality and guide them uh-huh. with you know, proper and meaningful um, way. 
uh, religious ministers, whatever their religion may be. Well, that all sounds, it sounds very inspiring. It sounds very, very interesting and actually quite nuanced as a way of, of dealing with addiction. Um, what would your advice be for someone who, so I imagine that there may be people listening now who, who might either be living with an addict, who may themselves be an addict, or who may be interested perhaps in helping addicts. What, what would, in a general way, just what would your advice be to people around the country if they have any of those kind of, if they're in any of one of those three places? Okay, I would suggest that <clears throat> you find a professional organization. You know, AA is brilliant. Right. Um, if you are um, a, you know, there's a Narcotics Anonymous, there is an organization that's not so prevalent, but it's growing, called um, Tough Love. Mm-hmm. And these are organizations that help the parents because so often the addict is out of control. And so the parents are the only ones who are at the moment in a situation where they are able to help. But it's very difficult for them to know what to do. So you need to have ongoing professional help from places like the AA. Right. And generally the AA will be able to lead you onto other uh, more specific um, uh, organizations that could help you with your specific addiction problem. Okay. You know, I think the families need to start coming together um, and coping with the situation because they can help the addict face their problems, and it's a very difficult way because sometimes you have to say to them, you know, um, you are welcome at home, we love you, but this we won't accept. Yeah. And um, there have been some horrific stories, but success stories, and of course there have been failures because we are talking about a life and death situation. A person who's on drugs um, will probably die unless they... Um, are helped, and, and unfortunately, sometimes us as parents and, and even priests, we can be enablers rather than actually be, show the tough love that our Lord Jesus even gives to us. You know, it, it, it's really difficult, and mm-hmm. it, it's so sad for them because the whole family is affected. Yeah, and society. But I think as a church, we have some wonderful resources. We have. You know, we have all the sacraments that help us and encourage us to stand strong in, in, the, in the battle. We have our, our strong prayer tradition, and we have many, many people that can be trained um, to be supportive, you know, not only in, in helping with fundraising and things, but helping in skills develop. Many people now are retired and are healthy and self-supporting. Um, you know, they're self-sufficient and they have skills to teach young uh, men and, uh, and women eventually. We hope to have women in their 30s as well to to get the skills that they need in a loving um, environment, in a safe environment. Okay. Well... Thank you very much, Father Stephen. This has been very informative, very, very helpful, and we, we hope to chat to you again. But um, this, has been, this has been, yeah, an excellent, an excellent uh, interview. Thank you so much. And can I ask a favor? Sure. Can I ask everybody to please pray for us? Because without God's guidance, this will fail. 
we will certainly, we will pray for you and we will ask those who listen, who are listening now to also please pray for you and for the rehabilitation center that you are setting up. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Bless you, Father. Okay. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was Father Stephen Tully from Durban. Father Stephen is going to be talking at some of the Winter Living Theology seminars that are being offered by the Jesuit Institute uh, in July. So I was mentioning that earlier, and I've got the dates of those coming up now. The Jesuit Institute has brought out um, Father Thomas Weston, who is himself a, a recovering alcoholic, and who has spent most of his life working in the area of ministry to people who are addicts. Uh, The um, workshop is entitled Finding God in Addiction, Pastoral Responses to Addiction and Recovery. And in Johannesburg, it will be at Lumpco out in Benoni from the 4th to the 6th of July. In Manzini, they're doing a day workshop on the 8th of July. In PE, they're going to be down there on the 11th to the 13th of July. And then Father Weston will offer a retreat from the 14th to the 16th of July um, in PE. In Cape Town, they're doing a day workshop on the 19th of July. And then in Durban, they will be doing a three-day workshop again from the 25th to the 27th of July and then a retreat in Durban from the 28th to the 30th of July. So all over the country, Johannesburg, Manzini, PE, Cape Town, Durban, trying to just reach as much of the country as possible. If you are interested in this topic, if you know someone who's an addict, if you yourself are an addict, if you are interested in pursuing maybe a career, helping others who are addicts, you may like to just go and listen to Father Weston and um, just discover a little bit more about the various approaches, pastoral responses to people who are addicts and to helping them. Uh, If you want to know more about this particular workshop, you can contact the Jesuit Institute at, you can go to the website, www.jesuitinstitute, all one word, .org.za, or you can write to us at admin at jesuitinstitute.org.za. So hopefully some of you will pick that up. Now we're going to listen to another piece of music and some ads. (laughs) 